morning, beautiful family. How are we? Good, good, good. Good start to this morning already. Amen. Uh, hey, getting to see CGs multiply really is part of our uh, mission even as a church because we've always had the vision that we feel like God gave us to plant 100 churches in the first 50 years nationally. And uh, man, that's just really is the step before church planting. And yet at the exact same time, even though we expand, CGs allow us to also uh, really focus and to be tighter as a family, to really know the people that are around us and to draw draw into community, which we've also always been about. And so CGs allow us to do both of those things. And um, I'm just excited, y'all. I'm not going to lie. Um, all of y'all were complaining when you came in because you couldn't find a parking space. The reason why is because five people that did not sign up for baptisms got baptized. And so, uh, yeah. Also, just a little, you know, make sure you don't complain about stuff. You never know what the Lord's doing, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but hey, uh, even saying that, man, if you want to get baptized today, um, there's still actually space for that. Uh, like we said, there was five people we didn't sign up for, and uh, man, they stepped in getting nine. And so uh, would love for you to come talk to me afterwards if you want to uh, jump in that water. We got space for you. It's cold out there, all right, but we got space for you. So um, y'all ready to finish Second Timothy? Cool, cool. If you have your Bibles, grab them. 2 Timothy chapter 4 is where we will be. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, some ushers will be coming forward. And if you want to raise your hand, uh, they would like to give you a Bible. And if you don't own one, you can actually raise your hand, take, keep that, or gift you. I want you to have the word. You can also follow along on your phone. Uh, if you have the YouVersion app, you can uh, click the Well Austin, and you can follow along that way. Or you could take the link that's on the screens beside me and put it right into your browser. You could follow along that way um, if you would like. We want your eyes on the word because we believe that God speaks and we think that God speaks primarily through his word and wants to communicate things to our heart and uh, two of the people that got baptized actually said as I was just reading the scriptures it felt like God was speaking to me and so we don't just say that just to like give wordplay to that we say it every week because we really mean it God speaks to us through his word and so we'd love for you to follow along in that way okay um, as we uh, kind of finish up this letter, there's actually a bunch I want to tackle in a super short amount of time. And ultimately, what we've been doing as a church is we've been looking at this letter as a torch-receiving type of letter. And what we've been saying is, what does it look like to receive the torch, to take the baton, to run the race that God has set before us? What does it look like to be used by God individually uh, as a person and collectively as a a church for the sake of his glory, for the sake of his name, how do we do that? How do we run forward faithfully with the gospel? And I believe that God actually wants to use us as individuals and as a church for the sake of his name. In fact, I believe that so much that even as I was looking back this week, I was realizing that, uh, man, like there's attack that's going on because of what God is allowing us to do. We have 11 staff team members and nine of the 11 staff team ended up getting sick this week. Uh, by this week, I mean like six since last Sunday, like since seven days ago. And not just like <laughs> cough, I got sick. Like people are in the ER right now, um, in ICU right now that has been sick. And of our 15 or 14 uh, elders and staff team family, uh, we saw 14 people also get sick this week, not including the nine people that got sick already. So literally 23 people amongst our very small team all get sick in like 
many different ways this week, and it just felt like all of a sudden, like, man, that's just not normal. And like, listen, I didn't go around and start polling everybody, you know, like I wasn't like trying to figure out like, oh, who's sick? Like, this was just what was coming to me. So I was never during the week like, hey, yo, what up, cuh? Hey, hey, you sick, fam? No, okay, what, what, what about Amelia? Is she all right? Oh, cool, cool, Blair good? All right, man, cool, I'll, I'll holla. Two fangas, all right? Like, that never happened, okay? Some of y'all are like, I don't get that. BNCGs, you'll get that, okay? Um, here's what I think is happening. As you push back against darkness, darkness pushes back. And so as the church collectively is beginning to try to shine the light of Christ into the city of Austin, like there's a real enemy that is uh, literally against us and wants to push back. And so it wants to prevent the work that God is doing in a lot of ways. I don't think it's a mistake that that was happening the week of baptism Sunday. I don't think that it was a mistake that five extra people that did not sign up for baptisms got baptized today and that that's what we were experiencing during the week. And so what I say is let's wear the armor of God and go out and make much of Jesus. Like, let's push back darkness because God actually wants to use us as individuals and as a church to highlight the glory of his name here in this city. Like, do you believe that? Like, maybe even you've been experiencing warfare because of being a part of the body of Christ. Do you believe that God wants to use you? You see, Timothy was in a similar position. Paul was in a similar position for us. Paul is literally about to get his head chopped off because he believes in Jesus. He's about to be killed for the faith because of him trying to push back darkness in the world at that time. He is dying for his faith. In fact, this is the last thing that Paul ever wrote before he got killed, martyred for the faith. And so even as we are in some ways carrying that on, as we continue to try to push back darkness with Paul, what would Paul say as he's dying? What would be some of the last things he would be thinking about as he kind of concludes his letter? And so let's chop it up together, 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I want to actually read the whole section today um, to give us a full picture of where Paul is going. And then we'll just spend a few minutes before we move into baptisms on the word. It says this, 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 6. Paul says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. And when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, and also the books, and above all, the parchments." Love that as Paul is dying, he's like, can you please just bring me my Bible? Alexander, the coppersmith, did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first offense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. 
The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Ansiphorus. Erastus remains at Corinth, and I left Trophimus, who is ill, at Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. The word you there is actually plural. In Texan language, it'd be grace be with y'all, okay? And so that's a cool little nugget because even though this was written to an individual, Timothy, Paul had always meant it to be read to the church at large. It was meant for y'all, all of us, which is why we can read it and chop it up even today. And so Paul knows he's about to die, and yet there's all this confidence that's wrapped up in the apostle. There's this sense of security, and not really in himself, but in the Lord who is able to deliver him. There's this safety and this peace that it's clear that Paul is writing with. Like, this does not sound like the words of somebody who is about to be martyred for the faith. There's all of this reflection and intimacy and connection. There's not a whole lot of fear that we see going on here. Like, physically, Paul is suffering, but spiritually, Paul knows that he is safe. And listen, too often, family of God, we don't finish the race that is set before us because we focus too much on the temporal things that are before us rather than the eternal things that are ahead of us. And we focus too much on the immediate and the suffering that's happening in the immediate rather than fixing our eyes on the glory that is to come that will carry us through the immediate that's in front of us. Like Paul physically was suffering, physically he was hurting, but spiritually he was fine. And physically you may be suffering in here today with depression or, or pain or, or finances or whatever it may be, but if you are in Jesus, your soul is eternally secure. There's no amount of present struggle that can ever snatch you away from the glory of God. And so this is what Paul is writing with. Like, like look at your neighbor and say, I'm secure. No, look at your neighbor and say, I'm secure. Look, I'm, I'm just getting our charismatics warmed up a little bit for baptism in a moment, all right, so we can celebrate, all right? Look, when you focus on the finish, you will finish. When you focus on the finish, you will finish. Like, the crown of righteousness is about to be given to Paul, is what Paul is saying. Simply put, Paul knew that his work meant something, Paul knew that his work was being stored up before him, that he would receive this crown of righteousness, that Jesus watches, and because Jesus watches, Jesus rightly rewards. And Paul is confident of this, but in fact, the same is true for us. In verse 8, it says, not only for Paul, but everybody who loves Jesus is appearing, everybody who's actually a believer in Christ, God is watching what we are doing, and there is a reward that is before us, a crown of righteousness. Like, what you do for the Lord on earth, it matters, family. It matters in the kingdom of God. God has a mission for every single one of us who call ourselves Christians, which is why he's called all of us to be disciples, not just Christians who profess the name of Jesus, but disciples who follow Jesus. It's why every single believer in Jesus has been given the gift of the Holy Spirit and has been given gifts by that spirit because God wants to use you for the sake of the kingdom. Do you believe that? 
Do you believe that God has something planned out for you, that there is a crown of righteousness that's awaiting us? And if we, like Paul, focus ahead, and if we finish the race, Jesus will look at us and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. God wants to use us for the sake of his name, to expand the kingdom, to literally alter eternities, family. Like eternities are being altered by the work that we are doing right now, just like Paul and just like Timothy and all those names that we just read that you did not know how to pronounce. Like God wants to use all of those names, even the names you didn't know how to pronounce. And so your name may not be the name like the apostle Paul, but God wants to use you anyway. 2,000 years from now, some dude in Kazakhstan is going to be reading about our names and be like, uh, Jacqueline? Some seminary students will be like, uh, actually, it's Jaqueline. <laughs> Blakey? Uh, it's Balake, all right? <laughs> Listen, just because you are not publicly known like Paul doesn't mean that God doesn't want to use you for the sake of his glory. Just because your name may not be the name that everybody remembers or you might not get a stage doesn't mean that God isn't going to be doing transformative work in your life and in the life of people around you. In fact, it was the very names that Paul mentioned that allowed him often to continue in ministry. And we'll see that even in baptisms in a second, that even though you may not know some of those names and you may not know the names of people that are baptizing them, the people that were faithful in their life have literally changed eternity and God used them for the sake of his glory. God wants to use you for the glory of the kingdom, family. We take the torch. We run with it. We push back darkness. What we are doing in Austin today could be impacting people's worship in Uganda 2,000 years from now. Do you believe that? Because we're here in America, very far away from the Middle East, from uh, Southern, Eastern Europe where they were, like, we're very far away from that, and yet here we are worshiping Jesus because of their faithfulness. God wants to use you, family, and this won't always be easy. Like, those of you getting baptized today, Christians in general, like, like there's a war that goes on, and trial will come. We live in a broken world. There's hardship in following Christ, but the Lord will stand by us. Verse 17 and 18 says, the Lord will actually deliver us. God wants to use you for his glory, which means opposition might come, be it from people like Paul experienced or from spiritual warfare like Paul experienced or even just emotionally following Christ is hard sometimes like Paul experienced, but Jesus delivered him from all of that. As he's dying, he can confidently say, not like, oh man, I wonder if my life was worth something. He said, Jesus delivered me. He was confident in the Lord because of what God was calling. And so even though your outward body might be wasting away, your inward soul is being renewed day by day, the scriptures say. You believe that and walk in that. The glory that is to come, the exaltation of Jesus' name, the eternities that could be changed, it is worth it, family of God. It is worth it to be used by God. Listen, Paul's overarching message at the end here is, Timothy, God is watching, and so he will reward you. Be faithful. And it's also, look, God is with you, and he wants to use you. Go forward in the gospel, and as God's got you, he will ultimately deliver you. And the same is true for us. God's got you. He will deliver you. He's watching. He wants to reward you. He's with you. He wants to use you. As Paul is dying, there's two overarching things in his mind. It's people. In Jesus, 
You see, the people, we don't have time to go through all these names, but they did really awesome things for the glory of God. There's so much richness in here, but we'll get our own names in a minute when we see people getting baptized. And we'll see the richest of names that are faithful to other names in people's lives. But notice that as Paul's dying, he's not thinking about churches or mission organizations or groups of people. He's thinking about individuals. Because the individual has always been the mission of Jesus because Jesus is about people. And so Paul loves people because he loves Jesus. And Jesus has given him a love for all of these individuals. So there's all of this uh, uh, literally impact that's happening through the one. And so you don't got to be awesome and a televangelist or a massive preacher or like you just be faithful with a few people around you. And that actually changes eternity. And Paul is recognizing this. And then Paul is thinking about Jesus as he's dying. Paul is actually quoting throughout this whole passage here, Psalm chapter 22, which is actually the same Psalm that Jesus quoted when he was on the cross. And so as Paul's about to die, he's quoting the same thing that Jesus was quoting as Jesus was about to die. And you see, Paul knew that Jesus or God would never forsake him because Jesus was forsaken for Paul on that cross. You see, Paul knew that he would receive the crown of righteousness because Jesus had received the crown of thorns for him. You see, Paul literally had all this affection for his savior because he knew he was the savior of the world, the Gentiles. They were hearing about the glory of God because of the death of Jesus. And even Paul's last penned words that the Lord be with your spirit, Paul could pray that because Jesus gave up his spirit for us on the cross. And so as Jesus died on the cross for us, Paul was enamored still with the gospel as he was going into his grave and he was quoting Psalm 22. But here's the beautiful thing about that Psalm. When David had penned it and when Jesus was quoting it, they were both quoting it in agony because they were living it. But Paul is not quoting it in agony anymore. He's quoting it in victory because Jesus experienced the agony for Paul. And so now Paul knows that deliverance will come, reward will come, victory will come because of what happened to Jesus on that cross for him. Paul is dying and he can't help but think about the gospel mission and the people that are going to continue to be worshiping really in some ways without being able to see our faces thinking about me and you today. And we are faithful when we look ahead of us when we labor forward with the gospel, when we take the torch that God has given us and we run and we see the people 2,000 years from now that will be blessed because of our worship today, these small acts, y'all, these tiny things, literally somebody who got baptized today, somebody just invited them to church and invited them to church and came to church last week. And as he steps into church, hasn't been to church for over 20 years, he is hearing the gospel and says, man, this is it. And he wants to literally begin to follow Jesus. And the person who brought him was kind of scared and like, man, God just did a work on that man's heart. Well, lo and behold, one of our staff team members, Kendall Montgomery, actually uh, knew him back in Los Angeles. And the last time that she could remember him, she said that they were doing like X or heroin or something random together. They were out of their minds. That was the last time she could remember him. And now he's in here and she just got to baptize him. Come on. <clears throat> Kevin's eternity has changed because of the faithfulness of somebody saying, hey, would you come to church with me? Like these tiny acts, y'all, 
They mean something in the grand scheme of things. And so I believe that God wants to use us, and I believe that we need to go forward for the sake of the gospel. And so let us be a church that charges ahead for the sake of Jesus because he is actually worthy, family. He is worthy of every tongue, tribe, and nation, and culture, and people group exalting his name for all of eternity, and we get to be a part of that. Let us persevere and run with the torch that God has given us. Amen? Amen. Hey, I love you guys. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, as I think about Paul, how he was a murderer of the church, and now he is being murdered because of how much he loves the church. Thank you for that that you can use anybody, God, including the people that hated you, you could turn them into the biggest missionaries for you. And so God, I pray even today for everyone who came in here who may not know you, would they begin to realize that their lives are more valuable than having a nice job or a nice car or a healthy family, that they were made to impact eternities, they were made to be on mission, with you, they're made to know you, the God of the universe. And God, for those of us who do know you, would you use us? Would you use us for your glory? Would you use us for your name? Would you make much of yourself through us, Jesus? We love you, God. We thank you. Thank you for this family. Thank you for the baptisms we're about to experience again here in a moment. Gosh, we love you. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you for faithful saints like Paul. Would you make us men and women that are faithful till the end? We pray this in your very beautiful name, Jesus. Amen.